Do I say my full name? My name is Brianna, and I'm 11 years old. And Jesus is better than everyone because he died on the cross for us. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why he wants you to join him. Boys and girls, Alicia Yoder here on the Jesus is Better podcast. Merry Christmas! As you're picking out gifts to give your family and friends, I'm so glad we get to enjoy and remember Jesus too, the greatest gift ever. Last week, we saw how Jesus showed his power and love by making a storm stop, sending demons out of a man, healing a bleeding woman, and raising a little girl from the dead. Now he was getting ready to help his followers show his power too. He called his 12 disciples and gave them his power and authority to drive out all demons and to heal sicknesses. Then he sent them out to announce God's kingdom and to heal those who are sick. He told them, Don't take anything for the journey. Don't take a walking stick or a bag, any bread, money, or extra clothes. When you're invited into a house, stay there until you leave town. Some people may not welcome you. If they don't, leave their town. So the twelve disciples left. They went from village to village. They announced the good news and healed people everywhere. Now Herod, the ruler of Galilee, heard about everything that was going on. He was bewildered because some were saying that John the Baptist had been raised from the dead. Others were saying that the prophet Elijah had appeared. Still others were saying that a prophet of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I had John's head cut off. So who is it that I hear such things about? And he tried to see Jesus. When the disciples returned, they told Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed Jesus. He welcomed them and spoke to them about God's kingdom. He also healed those who needed to be healed. Late in the afternoon, the twelve disciples came to him. They said, Send the crowd away. They can go to the nearby villages and countryside to find food and a place to stay. There isn't anything here. Jesus replied, You give them something to eat. The disciples answered, We have only five loaves of bread and two fish. We would have to go and buy food for all this crowd. About five thousand men were there. But Jesus said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about fifty each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. 
Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven, gave thanks, and broke the food into pieces. Then he gave them to the disciples to give to the people. Everyone ate as much as they wanted, and the disciples picked up twelve baskets of leftover pieces. One day, Jesus was praying alone. Only his disciples were with him. He asked them, Who do the crowds say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Still others say that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. Jesus strongly warned them not to tell this to anyone. He said, The Son of Man must suffer many things. The elders will not accept him. The chief priests and the teachers of the law won't either. He must be killed and on the third day rise from the dead. Then he said to all of them, Whoever wants to follow me must say no to themselves. They must pick up their cross every day and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it if someone gains the whole world but loses or gives up their very self? Suppose someone is ashamed of me and my words. The Son of Man will come in His glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. Then He will be ashamed of that person. It's true that some of you won't die before you see God's kingdom. About eight days after Jesus said this, he went up on a mountain to pray. He took Peter, John, and James with him. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in shining glory. Jesus and the two of them talked together. They talked about how he would be leaving them soon and that it would happen in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been very sleepy, but then they became completely awake. They saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter spoke up. Master, he said to him, let's put up three shelters. One will be for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter didn't really know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them. The disciples were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, and I have chosen him. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept quiet about this and didn't tell anyone at that time what they had seen. The next day, Jesus and those who were with him came down from the mountain. A large crowd met Jesus. A man in the crowd called out, 
Teacher, he said, I beg you to look at my son. He is my only child. A spirit takes hold of him, and he suddenly screams. It throws him into fits so that he foams at the mouth. It hardly ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't do it. You unbelieving and evil people, Jesus replied. How long do I have to stay with you? How long do I have to put up with you? Then he said to the man, Bring your son here. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him into a fit. The boy fell to the ground. But Jesus ordered the evil spirit to leave the boy. Then Jesus healed him and gave him back to his father. They were all amazed at God's greatness. Everyone was wondering about all that Jesus did. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Listen carefully to what I am about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be handed over to men. But they didn't understand what this meant, because it was hidden from them, and they were afraid to ask Jesus about it. The disciples began to argue about which one of them would be the most important person in God's kingdom. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he took a little child and had the child stand beside him. Then he spoke to them, Anyone who welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, he said, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. The one considered least important among all of you is really the most important. Now, I want you to think about what a baby can do. My baby Faith is four months old and can't roll over, sit up, talk, or even eat a hamburger. She lays on her back and plays with toys that dangle in front of her. When my five-year-old Isaiah leans over her to give her hugs and kisses, she reaches up to grab onto his face and squeals to try to talk to him. There's a lot baby Faith doesn't understand, but she does know that she likes her brother. Jesus' disciples were kind of like baby Faith. They didn't know everything about Jesus. The crowds knew even less. But Jesus was so glad to help them to see who he was so that people could learn what it meant to live in his kingdom, rescued from living as a slave in the kingdom of darkness. The disciples didn't have to worry about not being believed or welcomed in their preaching, but would just keep going so that those who wanted to hear the good news could hear it. We don't know everything there is to know about God, just as a baby doesn't know everything yet. Even though it will take an eternity to get to know our Heavenly Father, He invites us to share with others what we do know about Him and care for them in His power and love. Even if your friends or family members don't accept what you tell them about God, or you feel like they don't accept you, you can imagine putting them in the Father's hands 
and trust that He has the power to change their hearts. Right after the disciples had carried Jesus' power to others by healing them and sending out demons, they needed their eyes open to His power again. When Jesus told them to feed the crowds, they couldn't imagine how they could do it. But Jesus wasn't asking them to show how smart they were. He wanted them to come to Him for help. He surprised them by providing more food than all of the crowd could eat. Sometimes, when we can't possibly think of an answer to our problems, like when a classmate keeps being mean to us, or we can't figure out our math homework, or when we wake up during the night feeling scared, God doesn't want us to try and figure things out on our own. He just wants us to ask for His help. And he loves to surprise us with his answers and help us to believe that he will take care of us no matter what happens. Sometimes his help even feels so amazing that it's like those leftovers, even more blessing than just the answers we were asking for. Other times, like when he talked about taking up our cross, he wants us to remember that even when we face hard things or are disappointed, He is walking with us. That's part of what it means to follow Him, facing the joy and pain together, laying down what we want so that our brother or sister or mom or dad can do what they want, trusting God to help us to make Him famous instead of always wanting people to think we're great, helping a friend when they're in need, listening when they want to talk, helping them to understand their homework, taking time to pray for them. Because if our lives are a big, fat book, this life on earth right now is the tiniest chapter in it. The rest of the book will be worshiping and resting and working and playing and enjoying Jesus in our perfect new and sinless bodies. Three of the disciples got to see Jesus in his shining glory when they were on the mountain. They got to see Jesus as he actually was, a dazzlingly glorious king, God's son. We can't see Jesus right now in his clothes, the color of lightning. But if we have his Holy Spirit living in us, we can begin to see the world around us the way God sees it. We will see other people as the precious treasures God made them to be. And we will believe that God himself is our greatest treasure and that he really does want to shine his dazzling goodness into our thoughts and the way we treat others. It's like we can see the world around us in his light of truth rather than squinting into the darkness, believing lies that Satan tries to make us believe. And it doesn't mean that we always have to be thinking about Jesus. We can also enjoy the people he's put in our life. Like when I enjoy feeding baby Faith and smiling at her when I change her diaper. Or laugh with Isaiah over a joke he made up. Or blow on the pretend food Hosanna brings to me before pretending to eat it. When we're seeing by God's light, we can also have faith and ask God to help someone in the way they need help. 
The disciples couldn't help the boy with the demon because they didn't believe I had the power to get it out. Whenever anyone tells us about their sickness or something sad they're facing, we can ask God for faith to believe he can help them and then just pray for them, saying something like, Jesus, my grandma's knees are hurting. Please heal them so she won't be in pain and help her to know that you love her. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us to get to know you. Would you help us to see those around us with your eyes of love? You are the most powerful thing in the universe, and we love you. Amen. Okay, boys and girls, let's keep enjoying our treasure Jesus, and I'll talk to you next time.